The Tuesday Club with Sean, Kyle and Shane. Hello, welcome to the Tuesday Club. It's me, Sean Holly. I got Shane Williams and Kyle Reese. Uh, sorry we were a bit late, guys, this week. Um, my fault. Uh, Monday night was back to Guinness Pro 14 Rugby Night. was commentating on an amazing game, Scarlet's Connaught. Uh, but in all honesty, we just wanted to wait another day to record because we haven't got over the weekend, boys, have we? We blew the Grand <laughs> no. Slam. Uh, well, we didn't blow it. France took it away from us. Fair play to them. But, you know, what a weekend, eh? Brilliant. Yeah, cut in, cut in, but what a game of rugby. I covered it with ITV and uh, from the first minute to the last, it was just bonkers, wasn't it? The tempo and, and the way the ball teams played was incredible. And I think uh, Wiz's legs just fell off in the end, didn't they? He had nothing <laughs> left, to be fair, and you know, a bit of indiscipline because of it. And then France do what they've been doing quite regularly and that's scoring cracking tries. So devastated for the boys but um, you know you got to take your take your hat off to uh, to France what a performance you sort of knew it didn't you you know when you get sort of three four tries in the first 25 minutes you know that it's all a game on and it you know you know that everyone's in the mood and you know I I thought when France scored I thought oh no this is going to be a long night that we were sort of thinking in the back of our minds but we got to give credit to our boys you know They've, they've improved so much through the championship, haven't they? And hey, look, we could still win the championship. We've all got our kilts ready for um, for Friday night. I've been watching Braveheart and I've got some haggis in the fridge and need some tatties. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Scotland. I changed, I changed yeah. my name on Twitter to Kyle Ross instead of Kyle Reese. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was uh, like you just said, Sean, as soon as they scored, uh, the first thing I thought was, here we go, brilliant. They're just going to run in four or five tries against us and all this build up over the last sort of eight weeks is all going to come undone on this game but um, I was really impressed with it was like it was like almost like tit for tat it was, it was like a game of chess like you score we'll score you score we'll score um, and um, it was just like you said from from when Wales scored the first try in response to France's first try it was just like okay we got a game on our hands here and, and you know everybody who watched it saw that it was it was God, it's one of the best games to watch since Shane went over for that try against Scotland. So, you know, it was it was yeah. it was one of those, yeah, wasn't it? Drama. Yeah, it was one it of was those. Similar drama. It, yeah, it was. It was, it was and... reversed for for us. Like obviously, when Shane was playing, they had two yellow cards, three minutes left, and he needed fourteen points. And yeah. um, we was I was sitting there, and Amy said to me, she was like, "Oh, babe, they won't do it. They won't score ten points now in four minutes." I said, "Amy, do you not remember when Wales scored?" 14 points against Scotland in three minutes. I said, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. We've just had two yellow cards. It, uh, it it was... it was. You can't stop it. Shane will tell you, you can't stop it one way or the other. That momentum yeah. and the space yeah. it creates towards the end of a game, it's just at that level especially. You know, um, we've got lots to talk about tonight. We will talk a little bit more about the game. I want some honest opinions, boys, because I don't know if you watched my pieces on Scrum 5 on Sunday, but my first one, I tried to make sense of the last 15 minutes for the viewers and rather than when you watch it what live and emotional and and you know things happen loads was going on i thought look chronologically in my coaching sort of mindset because i had a i've got a theory that the substitutions were costly for wales right so on 67 minutes when pivac decides to take off 
Dan Bigger, Jonathan Davis, Thomas Francis and Ken Owens. And at that point, we had a line of just outside out 22. Um, so Elliot D coming on first throw, Leon Brown first lift, Callum Sheedy potentially fit. Thomas Williams only just come on at nine, so for a box kick. Was I right, Shane, or...? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. It was a different game to any of the other games we played so far. There was so much pressure on. Dan Bigger was having a hell of a game again, in fairness, you know. And and I get, yes, you know, it, it's great for Sheedy to have that Grand Slam experience if they go on and win it. But it's just too many, too many, uh, sorry, too many substitutes all at one go in a part of the field, really. We needed to clear our lines there get back up to the halfway line, play a couple more minutes and then, yeah, potentially get Sheedy on to close up the game. But I think uh, Dan Bigger was such a huge part of, of anything Wales done that was successful and positive. You know, I don't think he should have come off at all, if I'm honest. It, it's not that kind of game. You know, you're not, you know, you, you're not there to give boys the experience of a Grand Slam until you've actually won it. And, um, yeah, you needed that experience. Look at the experience you're pulling off there. It's massive. The and these are boys the that have, yeah, these are boys, decision makers, and boys that have had to close out games for huge games, for huge success in competition. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's any secret as well that uh, that it didn't work. That it, let's be honest, sure, it, sure, co- it, it completely work. changed the game. Do you think, Sean, that it was a little bit of complacency with Wayne Pivak going right as a coach right we're 10 points clear we've got the momentum now now I will make those changes and give them the experience man I, I've got a I got a theory on this right? and I, I'm the only one that's raised this and I don't know if I'm right all I'm gauging on is my experience right that you t- it takes a little bit of time for the process when you make a substitution right so you you communicate down to your team manager There's cards that have to go to the fourth official to be ratified, get the subs ready on, wait for a stop in place. That takes a few minutes, right? And my theory is on this, and I might be totally wrong. Johnny Gray goes over in Scotland for a try to take them three scores clear, right? On comes the decision, in my view, Hardy and Sheedy to come on because we've got to chase the game now, right? The try was disallowed. Right yeah. then, they had a red card, Xander Ferguson, and they did play well. Those two boys, right? And it changed the game. But a couple of events, the non-try and the red card, fell around the same time. So whether it was brilliant or it got lucky, and I don't know. Okay, but I, I got a feeling that decision was made before that try was disallowed. I might be wrong. Now flip it for France, right? We're ten points ahead. We're in control. Substitutes have gone well in the championship. Bit of tiredness. Cramp was mentioned for a couple of the players. And they make a decision. All of a sudden, during the time it takes for those boys to come on, France are down just outside our 22, and there's a red card. Yeah. So that decision changes then, but it's too late. You've made them, right? I can't for the life of me, because as a coach, you're always thinking, if you're going to bring players on, particularly a hooker and a 10, you want them... In a in an advanced position, yeah, it's much better if you got a line out outside France twenty two, you know, yeah. uh, or there's no scrum or no line out for Elliot D to to have a pressurised set piece, you know, you you bring him on at a different time, a France line out or again up the field a drop out twenty two, so 
I'm questioning all of that. And it could be unlucky. I could be totally wrong. But that's what's gone on in my sort of coaching head, you know. I mean, yeah. Kyle, when you were in the throes of the game as a fan watching it, yep. yeah, I don't suppose you paid that much attention to those subs at that time. We're 10 points up. We're going to win a Grand Slam. It's only, you know, only 12 minutes to go. Or, or did you recognise it? Well... Uh... As a fan, obviously, you know, I know the game and all the rest of it, not as much as you boys do, your pros, your, you know, you've, you've lived and breathed the game since you were young boys. But first thing I said was, why is he taking Bigger off? He's having the game of his life. I think I, t- I was tweeting along. We all tweet along nowadays, don't we? But um, I, I, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol in this game, so I was tweeting more sort of, you know... Uh, you had 5,000 carbs into in sweets and... <laughs> That was, that was drowning my sorrows the night after. But anyway, first my first thought was, why is Bigger coming off? He he was having a game of his life. He was bossing the game. He was controlling. He was putting us in the right position. The up and unders, again, why he took him off, I don't know. The other substitutions, I just thought, well, you know, like you said there, a bit of cramp, tiredness. You know, the forwards get tired a lot quicker than the backs because, you know, they have physicality all the way through the game. They're in it amongst it, throwing people, bringing people down. So, for me as a fan, I wasn't really questioning any other uh, subs other than why is he bringing Bigger off. But now you've just mentioned it there. Uh, well, I, uh, I don't really know. Like, obviously... There, there we'll is, never know either. There is going to be tiredness in the players. But for me, taking off Dan Bigger, Ken Owens, they are two of the most, uh, two of the most experienced players that Wales have got right now. And if there's anyone you want to see the game out, see it through, even if it was bringing somebody on a 75 minute, it was, it, it'd be those two. So I do yeah. agree with, you know, maybe the subs were a bit too early. The first thing my father said was to me uh, on Monday in work, Sean was, oh, I tell you what, uh, Sean, you had it right now. Why, why are you bringing boys off so early? You had a spot on there, fair play to <laughs> Well, that's my job. Isn't it? So I think, I, no, but I think you've got a, I think you've got a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would agree with you on that uh, situation. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know when you look at it over and over again and you see little things like there was a brilliant play in from from Wales. You know, I highlighted also that you know how they're using Tipperick as a second receiver on second phase. You yeah. know, and his little tip that most people didn't see, perhaps the Falato, you know, for for biggest try, just you know a yard short of the line, four defenders on him, and he just tips it on to Falato. Yeah. And, and our boy again, our boy and George. Well, they were yeah. fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, look, fed up. But I've I've singing the praise of Tip Rick, and he always plays well. In fairness, um, and you, you kind of expect him to do that now, so it didn't really shock me in that sense. But I think George Norris had a crack in Six Nations. I think he's been a revelation in the centre there. Um, it's because he gets involved in the game more, and because he gets involved in the game more, he becomes more hungry. He doesn't go missing as he does on the wing. Sometimes you know you don't see him for. for 10-15 minutes in the centre he's got to get involved defensively uh, you know, there are work-ons but he is you know nothing's come down his channel he was very aggressive against France he was very physical did the job against two really good centres world-class centres um, and ball in hand I think with George now there's no non- there's no nonsense there's none of this skip step in it's just look I'm a big man I'm hard I'm strong I'm running straight and it works every time he always gets over that game line and it's a, it's more of a no nonsense George North, which I prefer, uh, and I think he's been great. Um, and and Reece Ahmed, he was everywhere. He was the work rate he he did off his wing as well, coming off that wing, turning up on the left hand side, inside outside little passes, breaking, beating the first defender. Um, 
And he had, he had a tough game in the sense he had tried, there was a couple of times where Fakatawa was running down his neck uh, and, and he did the business. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and one of the players of the tournament, regardless yeah. of what France do against yeah. Scotland. So, yeah. look, there was... In <laughs> fairness, that's the first time I've watched Wales playing and I've gone... That, the 15 boys in that field are all... They've all had stormers. They've yeah. all had stormers. Yeah. You know... The, the 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 tries France scored were were class, were class, yeah. you know, and and they're always going to do that. But you look at how Wales bounce back. You know, France score try. All right, we'll score try. We'll keep. We'll stick in this game. Their attitude was fantastic right to the end, and and they were just unlucky. It was as simple as that. Yeah, we hey, we made that boy Samet to me, Kyle. Mate, we give it. We give him his start. All three of us give him his start. <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to say something about uh, Lewis there as well. It was great to see. Like, I think a lot of people go and think about players. All oh, right, he's fast. Stick him on the wing. Give him the ball. Almost like that um, That film. I can't remember the film was called. Jimmy Grimble, about the young footballer with the old boots. And it, there was like a posh kid on the team and his dad was a coach and he would always be like, give it a Gordon, give it a Gordon. I almost feel like a lot of the public will feel like, oh, give it a Lewis Rees-Samit. He'll just, you know, blast everybody up the wing. But he, I feel like he showed a lot of maturity in his game against France. Like Shane just said there, he was coming off looking for work. He wasn't just waiting on the wing all the time to hope that he would burn somebody on the outside. He was in, he was in the mix, he was, you know, offloading and setting people up for gaining ground. And one other person I want to mention is Navidi. That bloke, oh my God, Josh Navidi is outstanding. And we've got a brilliant back row in Tips and Farletto and Navidi. And I know he's been injury prone over the last couple of years. But when he is on a carry, how he makes them extra yards, I don't know. He always seems to, whether he's got one man tackling him or three men tackling him, he always makes those extra yards in the contact. And I, I, for me, yeah. he's been one of the one of the standout um, back rowers in this tournament. Well, you know, like Shane said, you, it's hard to single out anyone. They, you know, they were amazing. I read today Thomas Francis has hit the most effective rucks of anybody else in the tournament. I thought Josh Adams was excellent coming off his yeah. wing, much like Lewis. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, you, you, you've got to look at the second rows. Alan Wynn keeps doing it, you know, and Ken. Falatau has just got better and better through the championship. Best number eight in the championship. So, Wynn Jones you know, has been great as well. Yeah, Wynn Jones, fantastic. you know, would, would be in, in everybody's Lions pick, you know, uh, this week after the Six Nations. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, and on and Jonathan Davis has got better. You know, coming back from injury, and then, you know, I watched then last night uh, Scarlett Connard and Johnny Williams came off the bench and mm. won the game for them from from behind. Yeah. Ryan Elias was superb coming off the bench. Jared Evans had a good game for the Blues. You know, we've got we haven't even mentioned Moriarty, Wainwright, Ellis Jenkins, Josh yeah. McLeod. And the list goes on and on and on. Reese Patchell's due to come back. You know, Gareth Anscombe started running. You know, the future's bright. So, so well done. And, I, and I'm pleased for the coaching team because I've been sat in those seats. It's not easy when people are pointing the fingers at you and you need yeah. time. And now they've got time. I, I think they've bought themselves time. Thank goodness. And I'm pleased for John Humph because the forwards have gone really well in the set piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not over, boys. Look, so, you know, let's talk quickly about Friday night. You know, it's a nice one. We can put our feet up and uh, and watch that one with a couple of cans of uh, McEwen's export. And um... <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to be a nice one. I don't think I'll have more nerves no, watching that than no, I will but, the Grand Slam game. But look, it's, there's so many permutations, Shane. Uh, France, if they score 21 points and score four tries, England finish fifth. 
yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and and the thing is, yeah, they're capable of doing that, aren't they? Yeah, they are capable. This French team at the moment, ball in hand, are just a joy to watch. And I was I was watching them on the weekend, and I was really enjoying them playing. And I was thinking, oh God, hold on, they're playing against my team, yeah. But yeah, Dupont, Vakatawa's made a difference. He's come on that centre as well. Fiku. Fiku's amazing. Oh my God. You know, I go out, it can go on and on. Uh, no, they just they they just oozed class at the moment and they don't look like a team that's that's capable of losing. I know they lost against England, but that was because it a little bit young in the ways. Bit rusty, and, bit rusty. Yeah, yeah. bit rusty as well. Weeks so, off. But look, they, they are some team I really enjoy watching. And and you wouldn't put it past them doing that, putting twenty points, twenty one points on, on Scotland, scoring four tries and winning the championship. But if they do, they deserve it. It's as simple yeah, as that. Spot on. I, I'm think I'm thinking 45, 28, something like a cracker. What do you think, Kyle? Oh, do you know what? I read somewhere this There'll week. There'll be tries, mate. There'll there, be tries. There, there will yeah. be tries, but, you know, we forget that Scotland started off well, all right? They've, they've they lost against us, and luckily they think that, you know, they lost that themselves. They got beat by Ireland, but two from, what are they, two from four. So, yeah, they can, look, they, if they go out and get a bonus point win, they can finish second. Yeah. That's, that's their incentive. So, you so, know? They, so they are. Yeah. I, I after the game on um, Saturday night, the first person I text was the Scotland captain Stuart Hogg. I said, "Mate, please, please, can you do us a favour?" And he was, uh, he said, you know, he really feels for the boys and that. He said, "But he'll do, he'll do his best for us because we're all Celts." So I'm, uh, I'm putting the pressure on uh, Hoggy to to get us a win. He but... didn't reply, did he? He didn't reply. <sighs> yeah, he did reply. Sure, right? Oh. He's, 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 he's Hogmeister. He's an actual back who replies to my text Hogg messages. <laughs> But no, I think uh, I think it could I think it could go either way because you know nobody expected France to come out and lose out against England, did they? Um, I, 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 only one way it's going is just how how well Scotland can play and get yeah. within enough for us. Uh, you know that that's the only thing I think. But hey, cracker! Eight o'clock Friday night. It's a bonus game in many respects. Um, yeah. Uh, for us all to watch and it'll be a thriller. So it'll be great. Um, we won't dwell too much on the other teams. It'll be poor. Um, England have been shocking Ireland came strong and showed their strength in death did, did a real good job on England and uh, you know the first picture I got at the final whistle I had a, I had a photo sent to me of Eddie Jones outside the job centre did you get that one? <laughs> no, yeah I didn't see that one no <laughs> but there's been a lot of flying around you know, for them to finish fifth with the, the most amount of players here and the biggest resources and yeah. again you know, signs of a little bit of petulance and a little bit of naughtiness and, and arrogance. I, I don't know if you saw the, the Beast's tweet today. I see yeah. that. Yeah. You see it? The Beast, yeah. um, well, he, yeah. he, he's gone, uh, this Ellis Gens dude needs to be dealt with properly. And Gens, to be fair, has replied, I let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Joe Marler's reply back to the both of them? No. Quick boys, charity match, get it sorted. Boxing match, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's, I seen that clip of uh, of Ellis Genji. He's had a, a you know a bit of stick this Six Nations, but um, apparently there was the clip that was that was doing the rounds. It was cut off, so you know Johnny Sexton was holding him down around his around his neck. So you know, in those situations, yeah. the players are going to retaliate, like you know, and everyone says, "Why do they do it? There's a million cameras on you, and this, that, and the other." But no, nobody understands. Shane will know. You will know. Sean, when you're in that moment, and somebody's got their arm wrapped around your neck and holding you down to the floor, and you're trying to get over to the next 
phase to try and get your team over the line to score, you're going to be frustrated. So, you know, I can yeah, feel for do, him. Do you know why Sexton done it? Why? So that Genge would react like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It, like, it's, that's, that's how it works, mate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like the, Let's like, be honest. You're, you're an outside half, right? You're on your back. You're picking a fight with uh, Ellis Genge. He's on, his, he's on top of you anyway. There's only going to be one winner. He knows he's not going to beat him in a fight. <laughs> he's purely doing it to wind him up and for the ref to see it. It's just, You know, they're on the line, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they were under the Whatever post. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to to get this guy sent off or a or a try disallowed, it's it's, it's genius. Really. You've got to control yourself. You've got to try and control yourself. But you know, Ellis has a bit of a short fuse. I remember playing with my brother Ellis. He's in club rugby with my brother, and um, I mean, he, he's going over for a try. He's playing number eight. I was playing at, in the centre, I think, and I was in support. And he goes over for the over for a try, and the second row comes across and double knee drops him. In his kidneys, oh. and I'm first on the scene. I'm I see it come in, and I'm totally incensed. And I wind up as the guy picks his head up, and I'm going to clock him. I'm going to snot him. You can't don't do that to my brother. And as I punched like that, he dipped his head, and I punched the top of his head, broke my knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> he had the press knuckle there. <laughs> so he had he had the better of the Ollie brothers out there. What's, what's the more? What's the moral of the story, Sean? Don't throw a punch. Don't do it. Oh, use your Don't elbow. Throw a punch. Oh, use your elbow. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, anyway, that's that. Now, um, we're going to stick to rugby because uh, we are recording on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday Club. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore, on Instagram at Tuesday Club Podcast. Please do. Uh, we've got some special guests coming up in the next couple of weeks because we'll be wrapping up Series 3 in about six, seven weeks. But... We've got some big ones coming up. But um, today, Tuesday, there's been some information out there, Shane, about the British and Irish Lions Tour. Now, we've been waiting for something because you and I obviously were due to go on it, work it. Um, yeah. We've had the COVID situation. Is it going ahead? Is it not? Are they going to postpone it a year so travelling fans can go? Is it going to be brought to the UK? South Africans come over. There's been ifs and buts. And all the supporters have been waiting. But today, there's been reports to suggest that it is going to go ahead in South Africa as planned. What do you think? Well, for me, uh, it's great news in the sense it, that's the first stage of the way then. It's going to be played in South Africa. So South Africa are going to benefit from financially from the fact that the Lions are going to, are going to be travelling over there. Obviously, at the moment, it, there's, no, there's, no, um, there's no mention of fans is there as yet. So we still don't know about that. But look, we, at least we 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 know something. We're a bit clear of where we're going. Uh, obviously, the Australia thing was a was a lovely gesture, but it was never going to work. And I think you know having it in the UK, it just felt really bizarre and strange to me. And it, it wasn't the essence of what the Lions is all about. So for the fact that South Africa are going to be having the Lions to now, box one ticked. I'm happy. That's great. Obviously, the next thing now is let's get these vaccines. Let's, let's get as many people well let's make sure everyone's kind of safeguarded against this horrible illness and if we can do that and we can move in the right directions fingers crossed that we can have actually have fans in to watch because that's that's the next level isn't it and yeah. and that's obviously what what I want personally and and the majority of uh, of the fans from South Africa and the British Isles and Irish Isles so um you know as far as I'm concerned it's a, it's a step in the right direction and I'm 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 for one I'm happy so, Kyle, if you 
you're a few months away from the job, I would imagine. You're the youngest of the three of us. Um, let's say you had both jobs and you won a competition to go to South Africa to support the Lions. Would you go? Is that is that a stupid question? It's a, I think it's a genuine <laughs> question because there are people who've paid their money yeah, uh, and the travel companies yeah. are holding on to the money, mm-hmm. right? Um, they can have it back if the tour was cancelled, but now it's going ahead. They probably run the risk of, I, I don't know yet, but losing a deposit perhaps. There are those now who see this and would want to go, yeah. who, who hadn't originally booked on. And there are those who have booked on and thinking, do you know what? I don't. Th- I think it's not safe. So that's why I'm asking yeah. you well, that question. If it was, if it was approved, then that spectators could go. Then obviously all the uh, um, authorities that look into these things in sports and and spectators were allowed back into the grounds to go. Then personally, if I won a competition <laughs> and I had my two jabs and I had my little jab passport that they're talking about having for people to travel and go abroad or the little certificates then yeah I'd go because you know the only people you can listen to are the authorities giving the advice out so our rugby boards and the you know world rugby and all these people at the top level who organise the games they are not going to risk they're not going to seem to be risking people's um, safety without being able to, so, you know, make sure everyone is safe. So I would go. Um, if it was a, of the situation where, which obviously would never happen, where they say spectators could go, but it was against or we advise not to, then no, I probably wouldn't go. But I don't think that uh, situation would ever come to light because of how terrible it's all been. But like Shane said, I'm glad it's uh, it's going ahead. Um it wouldn't be right if it came to to the UK and they just you know hopped from the different stadiums. It's it's a tour. That's the whole point of going there. But even if if spectators can go, the fans are still want to see it. They, they, they there might be people, a lot of people that will be upset because they didn't get to go. But uh, I read the statement also. They said that it'd all be refunded, everything that they've spent on it. So you know they would just go and put it on the next one and the next one's australia and who doesn't want to go to australia for all those beaches? Ah, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great trip shane is it <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all well, great we, trips they are all great trips. nothing like a lion's tour which is in, yeah. why it's important if it goes ahead and you know, i think that the, the supporters need to go but let's hope we get all vaccinated by the time that happens and uh Fans can at least go, you know. So, so that's that. There's a lot of rugby tonight, I know, but um, you know, we are in Wales for our followers outside of Wales. We are easing restrictions here. Um, I've been playing golf, boys, and back on the course. Swing is in good fettle. Uh, non-essential items have been sold in shops. Uh, so I was amazed when I was in Aldi today, and uh, the aisle with the, all the plastic uh, rubbish is open, you know, the, like sweeping pans and wellies and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. that, that aisle was open. Um, but, yeah, we, we, there is light at the end of the tunnel. My parents have had both uh, vaccines. The, the 12-week gap was actually five for them both, so that's good Great. news. Um, and, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, and we've got lighter nights, and the weather's a bit better, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I've been out on the bike as well, which is great. Um, like you say, the weather's better, a bit of fresh air, can't beat it. But, yeah, it's positive. We're going in the right direction. I'm not getting ahead of myself because we've we've been in and out of lockdown several times. Um, but the main thing for me is, you know, I'm a lot busier now. 
uh, the family as well. And we seem to be going in the right direction. Lions is on as well, which is another bonus today. You know, we're going in the right direction. So I'll take it as it comes at the moment. We'll see. But, Kyle, still, still, you know, we're into our box sets and films. What are you watching? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I've watched quite a quite a bit this week. I'll go, I'll go with my, the the one I enjoyed the most. Um, a film I've always always wanted to watch because I love Al Pacino. I've seen pretty much most things he's been in, most things. And uh, I watched Serpico on. Uh, I got the big screen up and I put Serpico on. And what a, what a film! I don't know if you boys have seen it or know anything about it. Sean, you must have heard of it or. No? Okay, so Serpico, it was filmed in 1973, and it's a true story about um, a man called Frank Serpico, who joined the New York Police Department in the Bronx, and discovered that most of the officers at detective level were on the take, and they were all corrupt. And it's a story about how him and a handful of people who were honest police officers went through a horrid time trying to basically uncorrupt the police departments in new york um but yeah it was great it was a great film and i'll be i'll be honest with you i think it was one of pacino's finest performances oh uh, wow it's you, good to watch then if you ask me as an actor I, I'm, I'm glad i watched it now because i thought it was one of his best best performances he was still and still he's had in, a few isn't he he's had a, he's had <laughs> more a than a few but yeah Serpico yeah. is my my this week's what you watching ah oh, well done man shouldn't have had time or have you been out on the bike too much uh i haven't done much this week um in the sense of watching telly. Uh, what did I watch? I watched, oh, Walking Dead is back. Um, oh, zombies. You know, I love my zo- <laughs> zombies, love my zombies. So I had two two episodes to catch up on that. So I watched watched them last night. But apart from that, nothing, mate. It's been a busy, busy week. A uh, lot yeah. going on, which is great. And uh, I've been out and about as well, which is always a bonus. So, you know. Good for you. Um, Good for you. Fab Four yeah. Coffee's going well. That's great. Great days. Golf's going Love. well. Premier Bill is going really well. Oh, by the way, congratulations to, to Johnny Davis, who is our winner of the Shane signed uh, photograph, courtesy of the events room. Big thanks to uh, Mark and Matt at the events room for donating that. Uh, we've got another special prize for the events room coming up next week, which is fantastic. But well done, Johnny Davis. He uh, He's our winner, picked at random. Uh, more prizes coming up, and we've got a couple of posters that uh, we'll announce next week as well. I've been watching. I've still been ploughing through how to get away with murder. <laughs> how many episodes are there left? Oh, there's lots. Um, and I tell you what I watched, and because I, I love the first two series. And, I, and, I, and I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Formula One fan, right? I wouldn't sit down and watch every race from lap to lap. But there's this um, series on Netflix called F1 Drive to Survive. Yep. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a behind the scenes of all the teams and drivers and um, uh, uh, team owners and, and so on. It's fascinating. It's great. You know, you get a lot of insight. And I like that sort of thing. And Series 3 was just released, and I've just watched the first three episodes of that. So there's a lot of Lewis Hamilton in this one and the Red Bull team. And it's, it's fascinating. If you like that sort of thing, documentary, fly on the wall, behind the scenes, great access by Netflix, Drive to Survive. Watch that one. So there you go. What you got coming up, Kyle? Coming up in life or, or next on the show? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, like- no, I, um, I've actually... Oh, this is, is going to make a lot of people happy nobody in wales but a lot of people across the pond i have been back in scotland um, i wonder why finally uh yeah i've been back in scotland doing a couple of bits and pieces so 
like uh, yourself and Shane, I've been back busy the last couple of weeks and it feels good. And I feel very lucky and very fortunate that I'm able to do it. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. And, yeah, um, something that isn't coming up is my cholesterol because um, I'm back on keto, Sean. I know I had some calls on Sunday night, but I've been smashing the keto. And uh, But I, I, I'm still at the same weight, mate. So, you know. Well I'm... done, mate. Well, as soon as you can come up the house, you can come in the gym. As you can see, I'm in my gym gear because I'm about to go in with my two boys now and do a weight session. I've been on the bike, Shane, because uh, we've... Yeah. we've training for the uh, Valindra Three Canyons ride in September let's pray that one goes ahead as well worthy cause of course and uh, will be a great trip amazing scenery so uh, I'll be uh, be getting on the bike and very soon like you mate I'll be uh, getting a new bike and get out on the road if I can trust myself I'm still on the bloody turbo in the gym but um, don't fall off yeah, yeah you, you've got you've got to get out you've got to get out I am um, I did a gym session this morning with um, this afternoon actually with my old comprehensive school I did a Zoom call and I took him through a, a nice like fitness hit session, which Fantastic. was nice. Me and Carter took on the school. It was nice. Fantastic, mate. If I'd have known no, you were doing that, I would have given you a Zoom call ages ago. I'm busting to start training again. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's a lot of it going on, isn't there? I notice uh, there's a lot of celebs and uh, and people who, who now tune in to uh, Zoom call tra- personal training, just to have a bit of company and instruction. And, uh, Joe Wicks can do it. If Joe Wicks <laughs> can do it, then anybody can. Shane Williams can do it. Hey, you know, I'm in another business now, uh, Kyle. Oh, no, like. God, no more. But, but uh, listen, next week we've got a very special episode. I've been uh, running a program with a company called Spire to Be, a digital learning company, with three students from Swansea University uh, celebrating the centenary of Swansea University. It's called iBroadcast. And they've produced a fantastic documentary around the centenary of Swansea University and the history of. So um, that we'll have the three students who've compiled that on the show as part of their course. So we're going to grill them, boys. Uh, that's next week's show. So you follow us okay. on Twitter at Tuesday Club underscore and on Instagram uh, at Tuesday Club Podcast. Shane, Kyle, have a great week, boys. Thanks for joining us tonight. Sorry it's late. No worries. Sorry, bye. Sorry. Are you enjoyed it? <laughs> nice to see you, yeah. to see you nice. No star. <laughs> <laughs>